and welcome to Navigating Frailty, a roadmap for California families, the care planning and estate management podcast for Californians. I'm your host, Bob Scrivano, and for over 30 years, maybe 35, I've been helping seniors and their families confront and deal with the many, many, many issues of aging. You know, I've been doing this for 35 years, folks. I've been on the radio for 22 years. I've had a podcast for I don't know how long, uh, Facebook Lives. I don't know how many Medi-Cal cases I've done, over a 1,000. And, and that's going to be the subject of today's podcast. But I've been doing this a long time. Uh, and I have a lot of experience doing it. And today I want to tell you a kind of a special story. And I hope you'll bear with me and we'll get through the weeds. And I think, I hope at the end of my little story that you'll be outraged, but you'll also be outraged to the point of action, not just listening. This podcast is presented by Assets and Aging and airs every other week on all the major podcast platforms, as well as my website, assetsandaging.com. Today's episode is on the topic of Medi-Cal and, and a special topic within that. Grandma's in the nursing home. Will Medi-Cal help? It could be Grandpa. It could be my sister, you know, Tulip. It could be whoever it is. I just used Grandma. Most of the women in care, most people in care homes are in fact women. Some 75 to 80 percent if you walk into any assisted living or nursing home or any place, most of the residents will be women. So the title of today's podcast is Grandma's in the Nursing Home, Will Medi-Cal Help? Now, as many of you know, or maybe you don't know, I'm going to tell you anyhow, uh, there's lots of different Medi-Cal programs. There's 13 to 14 million people on Medi-Cal in California. About 60,000 to 70,000 of them are what are, are on what's called long-term care Medi-Cal, which is they're in a nursing home and Medi-Cal is helping pay that bill. In fact, for all nursing home residents in California, about 110,000 people, Medi-Cal is the primary payer. It's one of the few healthcare programs that Medi-Cal actually helps with um, uh, to, to a great degree. Uh, and that so we're gonna when I talk about Medi-Cal today, I'm talking about Medi-Cal long-term care. So uh, grandma goes into the nursing home. Uh, grandma's single. I'm going to make grandma single. Dad died. Uh, grandma's single. Grandma has an income of $2,200 a month. She's got $20,000 in the bank, a nice little two-bedroom, one-bath house, uh, or whatever it is. And, and the nursing home bill is ten dollars to $12,000 a month. And the family's looking around going, how in the world are we going to pay for this? Now, you need to know that the average stay in a nursing home is just under three years. That doesn't mean everybody stays three years, but that's so three years times 120000 a year, and pretty soon we're talking real money. Uh, so the family's looking around going what to do, and they call me up, and they say, Bob, can you help get Grandma on Medi-Cal? And my answer is, sure. Probably. If Medi-Cal will cooperate, I, I, the average Medi-Cal application, folks, is in ex excess of 40 pages, not counting the support documents like bank statements, brokerage statements, income statements, all that other kind of stuff. 
it's never ceased to amaze me, and there's no statistics on this, but I will tell you right now that my guess is a, a 25% to a third of all people who apply for long-term care benefits for somebody in a nursing home are denied benefits, not because they're ineligible, but because they fill out the forms wrong. So if you fill out the forms wrong, do you have any alternatives? Maybe I want to tell you a little story about why Medi-Cal is so difficult to deal with. And, and again, the title is Grandma's in a Nursing Home. Will Medi-Cal help? Maybe they should. Doesn't mean they will. Doesn't mean they're going to do it. So let me give you a little example. I recently had to do a fair hearing. I had a Medi-Cal case for one of my clients denied because they claimed I didn't send in documents, which of course I had. I had copies of them. A fair hearing is neither fair nor a hearing. I had no right to do a face-to-face -face anymore. They never offered me a Zoom, so I had to do a telephone conference. So I'm, I'm, I, somebody calls me, and a, an administrative law judge is there, and somebody from the state is there, the state hearings division, and the county representative, and, and you can't see anybody or do anything. Now, the, the key to a fair hearing is there you have rights. Most people don't even know they have the right to a fair hearing. I once took somebody to a fair hearing once, uh, an, an attorney and somebody that runs a nonprofit that helps indigent people. And, and by the time we left the fair hearing, they were in the car with me. I thought I was going to lose both of them. They were so outraged at what they had just witnessed. I took somebody else to a fair hearing once, and there were about 25, I think I counted 24, 25 people in the room. And I was the only one, the only one of all the people there that had the county's position statement because you're entitled to that 48 hours before the hearing. Nobody else knew they could get the county's position statement. Those people thought they were going to go before a judge, plead their case, and I'll guarantee you almost all of them lost. It's also supposed to be a fair hearing, but listen to this. Medi-Cal is run by the Department of Healthcare Services. The fair hearing judges, all uh, administrative law judges, all come out of the Department of Social Services. They both get their checks from who? The state of California. Now, supposedly they're independent. They don't have any skin in the game. But you talk to anybody that's done a fair hearing. I once had an administrative law judge tell me I couldn't ask the county any questions. I had a, I had a, and there was an attorney present at the next one, so I can guarantee what I'm about to tell you is true. The, the administrative law judge said, well, I don't like this. I, I don't like this people with money being able to get help. I'm not making that up, folks. I've got the tape somewhere still. Uh, I, I, it, it's, it's always the most interesting thing. So anyhow, I'm, I'm going to go to the fair hearing. I've prepared for it. The county, I, I didn't know this. I'm waiting for the county's position statement. I found out from a tech at the state that there was actually a file that had been opened and it had been opened since last August. Nobody ever told me. So I get into the file, and I find out that there's a county position statement there that, are you ready for this? Now, how many of you could do this? You're just a nice little person trying to help Grammy or Grampy or Mommy or Daddy get Medi-Cal because they're in a nursing home, and you've told, been told by the nursing home you can just apply, and it's so simple and easy. The county presented me with, are you ready for this, a 125-page document. Now, 
I, I've never measured how thick 125 pages is, but it's over maybe an inch and a half thick. It takes a special stapler. It was 125 pages long. Now, here's the best part. My response was 161 pages long because they had left 40 pages out of their file. Because one of the things I know to do is ask them if they have the entire file. And the worker says they have the entire file. Now, in a face-to-face interview, I can actually look at the file and see what they have. But on a telephone conference, it's kind of hard to do. So we got started, and the the administrative law judge, a nice person, I'm sure, <coughs> pardon me, asked me, well, Mr. Scrivano, what are your positions today? And I said, Your Honor, I, I've, I, there's a statement in my file. There is? Now, you got to understand, there's a one-hour limit on this hearing. I have to present all of their 120. I, I finally stipulated they were going to read all 125 of their pages, which would have taken the entire hour. I stipulated that I had a copy. They then said, well, you know, we, you, have a, you have a position statement? I said, yes, Your Honor. Well, where is it? I said, I put it in my file yesterday. 20, more than 24 hours in advance. Of, you did? Yes. And, and, uh, and the ALJ asked the county, do you have it? No. So I started, we're 15 minutes into this hearing. Remember, it's only one hour hearing. And they don't even know what my arguments are or what my position statement is or anything. I have taken the time to, to organize all 160 pages, mark all the exhibits with numbers, and they don't even know it exists. Now, I, I'd like to tell you that what I'm telling you is a, a remote experience. I, I talked to a couple elder law attorneys before this that do a lot of this, and they both just started laughing because they knew what was coming. Even though I've probably done 20 or 30 of these, they knew what was coming. They, they absolutely knew what was coming. They knew that there was going to be nothing fair about it. I, I don't know what anybody else has. I don't know. Uh, there's something called ex parte discussions where the county and the judge are not supposed to have any discussions about the case before I, I come in. I was the last one in. Uh, and by the way, I had another person there, an attorney, who had represented the family and they didn't even know he was going to get called even though I sent all that information and it was all part of my file. So we had to wait for them to place the phone call to the family attorney who was going to be in on the conversation. Now, so far, if 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 you talk to any attorney, they would start laughing right now and say this could never actually happen in a court of law. But administrative uh, law uh, fair hearings are not like courts of law. They're, they're a whole different set of regulations. They fall under administrative law, whole different set of judges, a whole different set of criteria, a whole different, uh, basically, uh, one of the interesting, I, I asked the worker 14 different questions. And at one point, the worker said, I, I'm not answering any more of these questions. I don't understand the purpose of these questions. And I said, well, first of all, Your Honor, I, I think it would be nice if the county answered my questions. 
But secondly, my questions are geared to find out if they have any idea of what the regulations actually say. They're dealing with my client, who's an older person in a nursing home, and, and they expect the client to have a certain level of expertise. I'm trying to find out if the county has that same level of expertise. I was not allowed to continue my questions. Now, I don't know whether I won or lost or whatever, because it'll be another 90 days before I find out. And then here's the best part about the whole fair hearing process. Let's say I win. The state is not bound by the verdict. So if I win, the state, the Department of Healthcare Services, can just say, well, we're going to ignore the decision. We're not bound to follow it. I'm not making that up, folks. If I win, I don't win. So the title of today's podcast is Grandma's in the Nursing Home. Will Medi-Cal help? No. They're not going to. They're going to do their administrative thing, but even though one of the one of the statutes says that the county is supposed to assist in helping my client, the beneficiary, fill out forms, they don't do any of that stuff, folks. The, the county doesn't help fill out forms. The county doesn't help you get Medi-Cal benefits. The county doesn't get help grandma get the health care to which she's entitled. So will 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 Medi-Cal help? Probably not. The program's there, but you have to know how to access it. You have to know how it works. And I'm only talking about one of the 20-some Medi-Cal programs that exist. There's PACE, there's IHSS, there's General Medi-Cal, there's one for breast cancer, there's one for children, there's one for all kinds of different programs. Long-term care Medi-Cal is by far the most complicated. So will Medi-Cal help? I don't know. I know that even if you lose, you're going to go to a fair hearing that is stacked uh, against uh, the, the grandma and her family and whoever's trying to help them. So even if you appeal, you're appealing to the same people that didn't help you in the first place. Will Medi-Cal help? I don't know. I know who can help. I can help. So take the time to call me, to go to my website, to get in contact with me, and make sure you understand that Medi- that that you have rights and that Medi-Cal has an obligation to help give you benefits to which you're entitled if grandma or grandpa or mommy or daddy or whoever is in a nursing home. And I've been doing it for 30, 30 years, probably as long if not longer than anybody. So when you need help with grandma, you're listening to the single best source of information on the issues of aging in California. Call me, go to my website, email me, get a hold of me, follow me uh, on Facebook, uh, uh, all the places that I am to help you make better decisions and make sure that you can get the help that grandma or grandpa or mom or dad need when the time comes that they're going to need a nursing home or long-term care. Thanks for listening. This has been Navigating Frailty, a roadmap for California families. I'm your host, Bob Scrivano. Be sure to check out past and future episodes of this podcast, all about the many practical, logistical, and financial issues of aging and seniorhood and frailty. 
If you know someone to whom this information would be helpful, please be sure to share this podcast with friends and family. Thanks again for listening. See you again in a couple weeks. Have a great, safe day. Bye-bye.